Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast is for heart-centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. On episode 176, I'm joined by Alina Granier Arellano. Alina is the founder of Allegoria Game, the trilingual board game for connection and belonging. Alina discovered the potential for social entrepreneurship to solve the world's most urgent issues and pursued her Masters of Science in Entrepreneurship at the University of Amsterdam. Alina specialises in identifying, promoting and implementing the necessary conditions and culture that make people shine through, thrive and create together for the greater good. The mission of Allegoria Game is to create a world where connection isn't so scary and each person can feel like they belong and can thrive. It's a great conversation. I hope you enjoy episode 176 with Alina Grenier Arellano. Alina, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. I love what you do in the world. I love how you help people. But uh, before we go into that specifically, how did you get into the world of uh, social psychology and, and helping people in that field? Right. So um, my background is actually social entrepreneurship and everything that had to do with using a structure. You know, I came from an NGO perspective or from an international development perspective, and I was so frustrated with uh so much effort going into sometimes, uh, you know, uh, an endless amount of bureaucracy and missed opportunities. And so I went into social entrepreneurship and I focused on collaborative creation. So most of my research is on that. Mm -hmm. And on the way, um, my mom, who is a social and clinical psychologist for the last two decades or more, she has her tool, which is now Allegoria Game, and she wanted help. And I thought I would just come on to do the product development stuff and the play testing and the marketing and the branding, but I absolutely fell in love. And I always like to say that it's kind of like the experience of not realizing how long you've been going hungry for until mm-hmm. you smell a really good meal. And that's what it was like for me. So I was Um, You know, I always knew a little bit of psychology because of my mom and because it always interested me to be able to understand oneself, but it never went into what it is to provide the communication tools and the resources to help people connect and belong, which is something very different. I was someone very sociable, but I didn't necessarily feel uh, seen, heard and known. Mm. And that that change is completely different and so when I when I started the play testing I saw people become just unburdened and it's a very very visceral very visual thing to witness we think oh it's you can't tell you can tell when someone's face changes and they relax and connection is no longer scary so I fell in love with that and then I realized just how much I needed it myself that's how I got where I, yeah. I am. Where I am. You, you said two words a second ago that um, I think are really key to the human spirit. And you said collaborative creation. 
And, um, you know, I've been dancing around this kind of topic for the last sort of 18 months in terms of like, it's kind of what we're here to do, isn't it? The, the, the spirit is one of just creation. Whatever it is that we have within us is, is meant to be manifest within the world and brought to the world and in the service of others and, and doing that collaboratively as well. And you just said when connection isn't scary, why do you think, why do you think so many people find connection scary? Ooh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the best example for that because I would be uh, researching so much about connection and how, what are the healthy communication strategies for groups. And then I remember one of the events that we started holding at one point, I was, I, after doing a series, many series of play tests and we started doing with the community and I said, Alina, you like, you never play with us. You're always like this watching and seeing and studying and they asked me to sit down and they asked me one of the questions and I felt hot all over even if I know that it's good for me even if I've done this and seen it so many times but I just felt hot all over I kept thinking you know everything that I tell my participants not to think about you know don't think about the right answer uh the answer that comes to you is the first one is the best yeah. one. And I had to remind myself, but I think that we find connection so scary. And I found connection so scary because uh, it's something that we don't necessarily practice. Mm. And it requires a brave vulnerability, which is different than oversharing or like flooding our emotions and letting them overwhelm us. But being grounded in the experience of being seen and heard means that oh someone someone really knows me and I get to own that experience and I get to own who I am the good and the bad the shadow and the light so mm -hmm. I think that that experience it requires a certain discomfort that ends up leading to good it's like yeah. when you go to the gym or when you know you have to relax after a long day if you've been holding on like if you squeeze mm -hmm. your hand really hard uh, you let go, it hurts at the beginning, right? But you got to let go of that social stress. And so that's the fear that we have, that that initial discomfort with the vulnerability, with the feeling of being seen. Um, and then once you practice it, I mean, I got to say, I was saved by my community nights, my team building experiences um, during the pandemic, especially, even if it was online. So, yeah, I think that's that's the initial fear. Mm. And sometimes I read out the questions like, oh, my God, what would I say? And then they say whatever they want to say. And they realize it's not that bad. Yeah. Nobody's judging me. Oh, this is this is amazing. Hey, my friends, just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to the show so far. I hope it is serving you well. And I wanted to let you know that on the 25th of June, we will be holding a five-year celebration based at the home of our podcast, Elevate Online Marketing Offices in Trowbridge. Our community turns five this summer, and I really want to bring great people like you together. We have three guest speakers lined up. We will be joined by the YouTube sensations that are Evolution of Dave and Esther McCann. And we'll also be joined by our great friend and TEDx speaker, Tommy Gentleman. It's going to be a great celebration. We'll have welcome drinks provided by Elevate Online Marketing. 
We're going to have some great food provided by Valicious and we have a band performing live for the very first time. There's a special connection with the band. All will be revealed soon. But for now, please head to the show notes, get your tickets and I really look forward to celebrating with you on the 25th of June. Let's get back to the interview. It's so funny, isn't it? The the human you know the, the the little people within us they just simply want to be seen heard and understood it's like right you can have everything that you desire so long as that you are seen you are heard <laughs> and it and when you start to realize that it takes a lot of courage to bring that to the world right exactly and um sometimes we i think there's this idea or at least i know i had this idea if i talk about myself um, not only is it going to be known or if I'm going to share my, my thoughts, mm. dreams, fears, even the stuff I'm good at, even yeah. like shining through and being, you know, amazingly myself, um, not only like it's this idea that someone's going to take that information and take it from me and then use it against me or laugh at it and then they'll get to keep that like over me Mm. and um that can be very crippling Mm. that experience of being afraid of whatever i share is going to be used or held over me it's very very crippling and it it there are virtuous and vicious cycles and the vicious cycle of the lack of connection it's like they're little steps that can bring us towards you know, not just disconnect and, but then our mental health is affected, mm. our physical health is affected, disease can come in, stress creates a lot of disease. But when we are able to shift that yeah. and say, oh, I'm going to reach out, I'm going to talk to someone, I'm going to relieve the load that is life because I can share myself and I can be safe. Um, this, it's like a small practice. And that's really my purpose. It's like, mm. let's, it's a practice that we don't have to be there's no perfection it's just it's just an activity that does a lot of good for us i i believe that great teams will have these types of conversations and um you know it, some organizations out there when i talk about heart center it just it just doesn't compute because they're they're looking at targets and they're looking at financial metrics and goals and the the, the, the spirit of their culture is more competition than it yeah. is collaborative and you know, you, you haven't got to sell anything to me about creating a collaborative uh, culture. But for those businesses out there that looking at us both, we're like they've got two heads. And, and you said the word earlier, play. Like what has play got anything to do with business and teams? Yeah, that's and I'm sure you've seen it, you know, making that transition between a very competitive, narrow minded viewpoint mm-hmm. into the heart centered and making a heart print I mean, they sound like, com- well, they are completely different languages. They don't just sound like they're, they're totally different mind frames. Um, and so, for example, in my research, I've, I focus my research on, I don't know if you know what maker labs are and maker spaces and maker ventures. And I, I was very passionate about seeing that process of what makes people come together yeah. and do. And we can say work, you know, work but it's not just work. It's not just coming in and uh, you know arriving at nine and leaving at five. It's like, no, I want this to have purpose and this means something to me. If I can do it with someone else, 
then it's a lot more enjoyable. It's a lot more playful and I learn better. And so bringing in that play, I'm sure I, I haven't seen you in action, but I would love to know how you bring in play because that's what makes the jump between I'm here to punch my card in and to just say that I did the thing and I'm like a one person machine, but the play, the engagement, the fun is what brings it to a holistic collaborative uh, team mm. that can do a lot more and can enjoy the process. Yeah. I, 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 as a leader, I would, um, you know, before I'd left and, and, and was doing what was better yesterday, I, I think I understood the concept of play. I used to be uh, head of a department of analysts, you know, very left brain thinkers. And I, and I understood that they couldn't do their best analytical work if they were in a state of arousal and a state of stress. So I, I knew intuitively at this time, I probably didn't have the science for it. I just intuitively knew that we needed to have some good downtime and connect with each other. So I would be telling senior managers, you know, like my team are really busy. They've got too much work on there, you know, bit stressed and they need to, I need to help them prioritize. <laughs> And then they, and what they would actually see in my department if they came out of the lift and looked straight into my office is, um, is that we would be with juggling balls or we'd be playing noughts and crosses and stuff like that. And, and, and if a senior leader saw that, they'd be like, he's having us on. They're not busy. <laughs> but, but it would be a micro moment. It would be a small moment yeah. in the day where we would be recharging and connecting. And I love that there's so much movement in that, in the juggling because we don't realize that like you said when when someone's in a state of arousal or i you know from from my perspective under nervous system psychology that's like yeah. an overwhelmed nervous system yeah. so that means that uh we can't integrate or even identify random or any stimuli around us and so a lot a lot of our work or our creative pursuits or our hard work kind of goes nowhere or it's very hard it's like going against sludge because our nervous system is compromised and um that stress can be broken down and can be soothed with social engagement and with movement that's why exercise is so helpful that's why juggling and having fun is so playful because it takes the stress out and then working or then creating so much easier. So I love that you include movement. One of my hopes is to create a card deck that inspires movement, especially with we work with youth. But mm. in the card now, the question cards that we use, it's a lot about imagining movement and imagining feeling. So mm. we have questions like, how does the rain feel? Mm. And things that are bring us back to our senses that grounds us that makes us be in the present moment and takes mm. us away mm. let's put allegoria front and center there let's talk to me about the origins of it how you come to realize it and, and talk to me about kind of how it's used and how how it's uh, how it's helping right so uh i mentioned that my my mom tanya she's uh, my co-founder and she had this game and she was, uh, she's a Mexican immigrant who arrived to Canada and she had to, you know, you have to remake your life when you change country. And her conversations were always very limited to the weather, to this, to that. And then suddenly when she did her gestalt, which is um, uh, one of the theories that's integrated into Allegoria's game design is 
gestalt and she was training so she was a young woman <laughs> back then she was doing her training said what if life could be like these workshops because even if she was social like like me um that sense of safety yeah. makes you feel like you're never alone so she started using that when she had her private practice and when she she did a lot of um, guidance counseling in institutions and in teams uh she realized like we just need a little nudge and some safety so these small acts that we can do to better the way that we communicate would be so helpful and it took her many many years the the game changed many many times and when I finished some of my research uh, in collaborative creation, uh, she's like, okay, help me. And we started, that's kind of how it happened. And all of a sudden, um, we obviously, we work a lot with psychotherapists and counselors, but more than that, because it's a trilingual game, we also work with language teachers and educators that first come for, yeah, I need a, I need a language tool to help learn English, French, and Spanish. And then they come back like, oh my goodness, they're learning so much better. They're not so stressed out. The youths are, are able to communicate and to make, uh, I'm thinking in French, uh, they're make, able to make connections that maybe was a little harder. They're more engaged. And it's that engagement that um, because of the pandemic, we started working with teams. So we mostly work with community sources and institutions that have like a support center or an experience manager that wants to break the daily grind with some play, some social engagement that also supports their mental health in order to make the rest of their work better. Mm. And then, How does it work? So my allegory game is a puzzle and a question card deck and there are 100 question cards. And every time you answer one of the question cards, you put your piece into the mandala puzzle. Mm. And that's how it's collaborative because the point is the experience, not so much who wins. Mm. So we have to remember that it's kind of like that great saying, it's about the journey and not the destination. Mm -hmm. And you can see that every time that you play something you notice uh, there's a lot of reasons why we use the puzzle but you notice that you really are part of the group the circle is held holding you and is that process of being held that soothes the stress that teaches you how to communicate because we do have rules of engagement of course like begin your sentences with i do try to be brief and um allow yourself to explore that's the mm. play the creativity it's they're very open-ended questions mm. i um i spent a little bit of time on clubhouse and i came off and uh, never returned but i understand that you've been doing some of this uh, via clubhouse is that right yes i did i did uh, it's been a couple of months now since we hosted but we were holding them every week mm. and um you the way we connected was through a great coach nathan yeah and he was shout out to Nathan. Thank you for connecting us. Um, we were holding these games. It was a lot of fun because compared to doing the private sessions or to hearing feedback from our teachers and our educators and our counselors or even our team leaders, we were getting a lot more team leaders on Clubhouse. 
And um, the beautiful thing was that I didn't know them at all. Like, because it's so open, some people I didn't know at all, you don't see their face, you know, you know, and there's something to be said about face-to-face uh, -face communication, but that beautiful anonymity was also amazing because mm. people can really be honest yeah. and uh, let that be a practice towards communicating that way with the people that they know. Mm. So uh, we have a team of facilitators and sometimes they're like, oh, it was... You know, when you have so many sessions, you can say, oh, that one, they were still a bit shy. And those, this group, they went all out and they were very creative and every group is different. Mm. And you realize that just taking these moments to practice healthy communication is what makes a difference because it's a practice and yeah. each step matters. Love that. If I am thinking about my listeners right now, they are middle managers, they're leaders, they're responsible for human beings, they want to lead in a heart-centered way. How might this be something that they can use within their team? Why might they uh, take a look at your tool and, and consider using it with their team? Right, so when COVID started, there was this question. Our team is not only not showing up mm. to the office, they're more and more not showing up in general. And that disengagement where everybody has their screen off or you don't have the water cooler or your team building events or you're something, you're seeing, yeah, you're not true. seeing each other, you don't get a feel for each other. And there were teams that most were new, were new team members mm -hmm. that had never met each other. Yep. And so the importance of having a very targeted experience that is not about trying coffee <laughs> and everybody trying, you know, cocktails. I mean, those are really fun as well, but the conversation stops. It doesn't go further than I like this coffee. I like the other coffee. Uh, I'm going to put cinnamon in my cocktail. I'm going to put lemon, you know, that it, it's still, it's fun, but it's still quite shallow. And the yeah. point about Allegoria game is to open up the conversation so that later you feel like I know this person and so I can ask for help. Mm. And so if I have an idea, I'll say it out loud. I will try. I will be resilient. And if something doesn't go my way or it doesn't pan out the way I wanted to, um, because I know how to communicate and I feel safe and I feel like I belong to this team, I can try again. And that is the most important thing when we're holding the team building because um the difference has a lot of ripple effects mm. so that when you know each and every person you say i can ask you a question i can yeah. tell my ideas i can be resilient yeah it's the, it's the very um comparison between a collaborative culture and a competitive one because in a competitive one we don't feel safe around people that we're with we don't necessarily we're ask for help or share those time. ideas yeah and you know I wonder there's a lot of theory now and thank goodness and there's a lot of leaders like you that are that are making this call to action of you know shift you're thinking because it's detrimental to yeah. not only yourself, but your workers and your company and uh, your projects. Because for example, we've worked with government teams as well as private corporations, as well as tool companies. And one of my favorite experiences 
was we were approached by an engineering company that mm-hmm. made tools. And so um, the engineering team had heard about our team building activities and they said, you know, we want, we want a session. And I said, lovely, tell me about the age range. And they're all male and they're all like 30s to 60 and they're in engineering. I said, no, I found the limit. Like I did not expect, you know, of course I gave it anyways. I said, I had just started the team building session. So I was like, of course I'm going to do it. Um, but I was very, I was very afraid to yeah. be honest, to see, um, can I hack it? because you need a few people that are somewhat comfortable and they tend not to be so data focused and not in companies that are so competitive Mm. Um, and they loved it and that's why it's one of my favorite experiences because it proved me wrong which Mm. is something I'm beginning to love to do And, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and it just showed me that everybody can access that sense of belonging and it can make a difference and we got feedback like I've been working with this team for 10 15 20 years and I've never known about xyz and they bonded over parenthood and they bonded over travels and emigrating and so many things that they never had the chance to explore so that later they can say this is Maybe not my friend, but someone I can trust to mm. hear out this idea or try something new and maybe make yeah. a mistake and then have a success. And so that's why it's so beautiful. Exactly, because all teams are filled with human beings. You know, what a way to honor our human existence by allowing us to be a human being at work. It's so powerful. And I think even, you know, some of these organizations that do want to grow and like intellectually, they'll say, right, we want a team that is collaborative. Or an, an innovative is a buzzword right we want to be innovative yeah well yeah. the funny thing is the irony is that those those things are a byproduct of that connection like you can't just go go be collaborative and all of a sudden make it so and then go and hold personal development one-to-one sessions where you're holding people to account for personal targets if the goal is to have them collaborate don't hold them to account for how many times they've done the widget themselves how many times have they worked with somebody else to the it's culture isn't it and uh, first comes that connection I love what you're doing my friend it's great no thank you I couldn't have said it better myself that's exactly it uh invention is a byproduct of collaboration which is only possible if you feel safe to connect with another person and so like with my research when i was studying these spaces there are different kinds of spaces right there are some that are called fab labs and those uh, follow the mit charter of rules and so what they do is they're great spaces to educate but they don't necessarily make ventures and i wanted to focus on what collaborative projects lead into making new inventions that are marketable because they can answer so many and solve so many problems. How come, you know, you expect in theory when barriers like economic barriers go down and it's financially more feasible to make an invention and start something new. And we're talking about product managers and scientists and all kinds of different people coming together in these spaces. How come some spaces have more uh, invention or more collaborative creation that leads to an entrepreneur or that leads Mm -hmm. to a 
being an invention that's sold to a company? Like, what is that difference? And the most important part for me, what I found incredibly like mind blowing is that the spaces where someone can have a desk can, and that means they own the space, Mm. can sit and think and ask a question. Mm. When you're coming in and out in a space and you're just going in with this, okay, I have this idea, I'm gonna do it like that. And I'm not gonna ask any questions because I kind of go in and out and this is not my space to create. I'm not actually going to be collaborating. I'm going to be learning, you know, I can go to a class that maybe a space has, but the maker spaces, that's it. You have a desk. This is your space. You belong. Mm-hmm. And we have a culture where we take time to share our ideas, yeah. to communicate about our problems with our inventions. And it's safe to ask and it's encouraged to ask. That's what makes all the difference. But that's only possible if it's a safe space without judgment. hundred percent. And then, And then you think back, right, okay, the last two years. My wife's been working from home at the kitchen table. <laughs> she hasn't even got a desk, let alone anybody who asked a question. I mean, yeah. she can ask me, but I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Like, there's now a lot of also communities that are trying to do it online, and it, it's not okay. It's not comparable to in person, but every little opportunity to connect to engage with someone is valuable. Hundred percent. I truly believe that we can connect deeply with other human beings remotely. Yeah. You and I. So you're you're in Canada right now. I'm in Montreal. Yeah. You're in Canada. I'm in England. There is no excuse these days to have a great connection, and it, yeah. it starts with the the willingness to do so, right? Yeah, and that's why nervous system regulation is so important to our work because that willingness comes from a regulated nervous system. Mm-hmm. If you're overwhelmed if you're too stressed out yeah. that willingness you know you're in survival mode hmm. willingness comes later willingness mm-hmm. is a luxury that you got to invest in and everything that you do towards that willingness to create to create with others to grow is so valuable mm-hmm. and it's a practice so sometimes you know I used to think I gotta do it like this and it's gonna be perfect and and nobody will say anything to anything I do. And that's the only way I felt safe. And it took a lot of work to shift that mentality into, you know, making mistakes not so bad because I'm human, you know? Yeah, I'm absolutely. Human. Do you have some card prompts within arm's reach? Yeah, I do. Of course I do. So our question, we used to have categories when we first started doing this, we had categories and a lot of these question cards that are incredible out there, they have categories, but ours are so open-ended that they're interpreted by each person differently. So they're random, Mm. but I'm going to take out one that um, is based on like personality or on your personhood more Mm -hmm. than personality. So what is a common trait in your family, Ryan? What is a common trait? Okay, let me think about this. Well, the the answer I'd want to give is kindness. Uh, I want to say kindness because we we spent some time, we defined, you know, Team Hartley values. We say we're Team Hartley and we're kind. But I think the reality of the answer and the and the, the one I should probably give you is we're all a little bit goofy. <laughs> we uh, we definitely like to make um, dad jokes and silly jokes and make people laugh. That's for sure. 
Selena's is so important. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So usually what would happen now is that you would put your puzzle piece into the into the puzzle and then the group has the opportunity to use some of the feature cards like mm. to either ask you a question they share their own experience um they call times up so that's about boundaries and i like to say times up we're calling boundaries it's not so much saying no to an experience it's also about saying yes to another or something that's more desirable for you do i get to choose the color of the piece yeah you do we have eight colors there's two kinds of blues, two kinds of greens. That piece yeah. would have been yellow. What would that have said about me? Yeah, I'm gonna show you. Oh, that's a good question. We get that sometimes. Um, this is what the mandala looks like. Very nice. If you're, what, if you're listening on the podcast, head to YouTube, you'll be able to see that Alina's uh, holding up the mandala. Yeah, so yellow. Well, you know, I'm gonna return you the question. What does yellow mean to you? It's sunshine, isn't it? Yeah, I bring in a bit yeah. of sunshine to people's day. Yeah. Oh, sometimes we would have those questions like, oh, if I only put the puzzle pieces <laughs> on the side of the mandala and not in the middle, is yeah. it because I sideline myself? Psychoanalyzing yeah. themselves. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Because I'm not going to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm not a therapist. And even a therapist isn't the one who, you know, puts a label mm. on you. We're not about labels but it's an opportunity to reflect and to make sense of your own experience, which leads me to the last question card, that the, the last like feature card, which is the Allegoria card. And Allegoria really in Spanish, it means allegory. And the truth is that all these experiences that we live, all these stories that we share about ourselves, it's us who makes meaning out of them. Instead of an allegory where an elder or society tries to tell you, this is good, this is bad, this means this, you know, yellow means whatever I could say, it's you really who has the chance and the agency to make meaning. So another question would be, what are you beginning to doubt? Um, I can answer that one. What am I beginning to doubt? I'm beginning to doubt that, um, so before I focused so much on the science of allegoria, mm. And like my work was a lot about explaining what nervous system regulation is and being a sort of, I, I almost didn't talk about how hard it was for me to feel vulnerable and put myself out there, but I'm beginning to doubt that I can do that anymore because it is important to share our story. And that's what I talk about all the time, but it was even hard for me. So I'm beginning to doubt that I can hide that anymore. Yeah. I have, a, I have a theory and it's what I mean by about being heart-centered is you, is you capture the spirit of the feeling, the emotion is, and that's what will connect you with other human beings. And, and then the, the intellectual science will help us try to rationalize something which is so often going to transcend our, our brains. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that jump requires silliness requires the sunshine it's, it's a yeah it's a well yeah and all and all of the emotion in between um the yeah, compassion that, for that 100 percent. yeah absolutely what does the i'll ask you a question now what does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you always better than yesterday means it's very hopeful like mm. that's the first thing that comes to me always better than yesterday it's very um it feels like a new day 
mm. like the dawn. I really like, I really like waking up early in the mornings to see the dawn. Mm. Uh, and it's just like anything can happen. So, so you're going to break out into song then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to start singing it. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your light with us. Where can uh, people want to see more, hear more? Where, where can people go? Where should they visit? Of course. Um, so to see the game and learn about everything that we do, it's on the website, allegoriagame.com. And to see more, it would be on Instagram or on LinkedIn at Allegoria Game. Love that. Thank Love you. That. So Thank much. you so much for all that you do in the world. Thank you for coming and uh, sharing that with us. And here at Always Better Instead, I'd be honored if you'd leave us with a final thought from your good self. Okay, a final thought. I think that, well, first I have to say thank you as well for bringing out the heart-centered leaders, not just to share their voice and their experience, but to share that experience and create a community. Um, and uh, I think that being heart-centered means just being oneself. Hmm. Uh, we're a lot more than what we think we just are. And letting that shine through is what makes a real difference. Love that. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much. It's been lovely. Hey, my friends, thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections, and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you. Keep leading, my friends. Always love.